This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC 257. It is a Conor McGregor Fight week. The notorious one is back. He is the B side, which I found hilarious all week. It is Dustin the Diamond Poirier taking on the notorious Connor McGregor. Co main event, D- Hangman Dan Hooker taking on the UFC debutant Michael Chandler. Daily Fantasy Sniper with you guys as always. We are going to break down this card with the co host, the analyst, the important guys of the show. It is Chris Olsen, who can be found on Twitter at Real Chris Olsen, and Joe, also known as at Sun Tzu. Guys, how you doing? Chris, go ahead. I am doing good. I, uh, you know, we have a lot more to talk about than I would have thought we had yesterday. We have. Um, some intrigue and uh, uh we're break. gonna save that for when we get to the new fight well uh, i'll break the whole thing down all right so i won't spoil that if if no one is aware but um card as a whole i i'm i really like two fights in particular the main event of course also the ufc debut of michael chandler at long last it's gonna be cool to see him in the ufc um love that fight against dan hooker could really see it going either way um I have strengths and weaknesses for both, and uh, yeah, just looking forward to it. The rest of the card, um, I feel like there are a couple of you know oddly lined fights on this card. One of them fell out, and now we have another one in a different direction. But uh, we'll get uh, we'll get to all of that. Wow! So Chris had a lot to say. Um, I am coming off a really good Wednesday slate. I'm looking to um, carry that momentum on to this slate with the 200k. Um, I actually won, I actually won 29 tickets on Wednesday, uh, in the $25 contest. So I have 42 entries locked and loaded already. I did not build lineups yet. So I have to see how many more I'm going to play, but, uh, 200 K to first little disappointing was hoping for a half mil, but, uh, 200 K is still better than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick. So let's, let's get it. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, it's, there are good prize pools out there. Um, qualifiers, all that type of stuff. You know, I'm going to pump myself up. I had a good soccer weekend last week. I got, I got, a, I got, a, got some extra money to throw around at this MMA card. So let's uh, let's dig into it. Before we do that, actually, make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Season long, all daily sports, optimizers, picks, plays, cheat sheets, all the good stuff. Make sure and check that out. And now 
We are ready to dig into some fights now. An 11-fight card. First fight up, Jalgas Jumagula, 8,300, taking on Amir Albazi at 7,900. The line on this fight, Jumagula, minus 108. Albazi, minus 102. So it is a pick em. Fight goes to decision, minus 225. Joe, start us off this week. Yeah, um, I, I hate starting with this fight because honestly, it's not one that I looked at too closely. Um, there's line value in the dog. Um, I think, what is it? What did you say, Sean? It's it's pretty much a pick em, isn't it? Pick em now, yes. Yeah, so there's some DraftKings line value. Um, I don't know that I necessarily agree with it, but, you know, we lost some of our line value um, due to some of the changes in fights. Um, so if you're looking for line value, play the dog here. Um, I suppose I'll pick the favorite, but in all honesty, it's a lean. I, I did not really put a lot of time into this fight. I thought we were going to have more fights. So I didn't think I really needed, I looked at it. I looked at how these guys fight. I didn't think I didn't have a tag as a high scoring fight for DraftKings. I'm going to have to relook at it now, but, um, I guess I'll take the, uh, I guess I'll take the favorite here, but I don't love them. And Definitely line value. I'm sure I'll, I'll have some of the dog because of the line value. Yeah, but I mean, it's big. It's pick them on DK. My quick take on this fight: Jumagulov is better technically. Albazi is more aggressive. Might have some more upside, but I think it's a low-scoring fight in which Jumagulov gets a decision win. Yeah, Chris, how do you have it? Yeah, um, I am gonna take as I go to myself. I am gonna take uh, Albazi here. I think he um, is a little bit more well-rounded. Then Jumagulov is, I think uh, he's he's good off the back foot. He had that he had that fight with Shorty Torres where I mean Torres ended up breaking him, but um, he had a lot of success in that fight uh, with his jab especially. And uh, I just I like how light on his feet he is. I like that he can mix in his wrestling. He gave a nice single leg to uh, Malcolm X Gordon in the fight where he fought him. And uh, I, I just like his game. I think that uh, Jumagulov. Um, can be pressured, but he's the kind of guy who, I mean, rather he can pressure, but he's the kind of guy, if you pressure him, he'll back off. So I don't think that uh, Albazi's going to have to worry about um, that kind of pressure that Shorty Torres brought to him. And um, I think he's a better combination puncher too. I think Jim Agulov can be a little bit too one at a time, and uh, I think that's going to hurt him here. So I'm going with uh, Albazi. All right, next fight up. Movzar Ivloev, 9,400, taking on the Carney Nicklens at 6,800. The line on this fight. Movzar Ivloev is minus 620. Nicklens plus 515. Fight goes to decision minus 240. Movzar Ivloev is a guy. Hey, uh, Chris, you want to switch to me? Well, um, oh, yeah, go ahead. You, 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 you look really bored, and you know. Yeah, the, the producer job is—he's not Ooh, really. Doing I was—I was doing some production. I'm, I'm over here crushing it, and you're looking at your face. All right, we got you. I'm Go just, ahead. Just busting shots. Ivlov is one of the guys we thought about starting the episode off with some of the scoring. No real need to. It's still grapplers are good and strikers not so much and it's been lengthened the control time points benefit a guy like Ivlov making him more in play that clinch control time up against the cage he's so good at he will now score something for I think we all agree Ivlov's going to win the fight it's a matter of does he score well enough to be draft kings relevant Chris who do you have uh yeah I, I'm taking Ivlov here I just feel like uh 
again, he's the more well-rounded fighter, and Nick Lentz's idea of pressure uh, striking is to just sort of walk forward with his head on the center line and get hit a lot. Um, but the thing about Nick Lentz is, he, I mean, he's always he's like a lunch pail fighter. He's always you're always gonna get a good hard scrap out of him. In fact, he's cashed one of these um, down below seven thousand already. He he beat uh, Will Brooks down below 7,000 with a submission. And I don't expect him to sub Ivalov here, but it's worth noting that Mike Grundy had him in a tight choke. And uh, if he couldn't get his leg free, uh, I think he had about five or six more seconds before he had to tap. So, you know, not out of the realm of possibility here. Nick Lentz, as I said, he's going to pour on the pressure. He's going to keep coming until he either gets knocked out or subbed or, I guess, controlled, which he could get. Um, but I think he's going to get his takedowns, too. We saw Grundy get his takedowns. I don't think he's going to get control necessarily. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, so the pick is Evloev. I do expect him to win. But, um, you know, be a, be a little cognizant of Nick Lentz because he always shows up to fight. And uh, I think he's got a, a pretty decent, like, 25-30 floor, even if he doesn't take it. So, uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the spot. Joe, who you got? Joe, you, Joe, you're on mute. Ah, sorry, guys. For the life of me, I did not think I was going to hear a Will Brooks reference because I am saving. I was saving a Will Brooks reference for the co-main event. I um, got you. I so got you. Thank you, Chris, uh, for stealing that. Um, well, yeah, I, star of the show. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I have to agree. Look, I don't think this is. Lenses, um, lenses is tough, which is why I think this goes to decision. I don't see a lot of DraftKings relevancy in this fight. Um, you know, Elavav, um, his control time in his last two fights was not a lot. It was, I think, a minute and two minutes. He did have a, you know, his third fight back. He did have a lot of control time. So if this goes to decision at, what, 9.4K, I really don't see a lot of fantasy goodness here. Um, yeah, sure, take a punt with. Um, with Lens, but I do think that Ilyovev um, is going to win the fight. Um, I don't even think, and honestly, I don't even think he's a great cash play because he might not even get 10x here. And I think there are better values at 9.4 in that price point range. So I'll take Ilyovev, but I don't think it's a great fight for DraftKings. Next fight up, we're going to talk about Khalil Roundtree Jr., 9,300, take it on Marcin Pracnio at 6,900. A line on this fight, Khalil Roundtree is minus 335. Pracnio is plus 305. Fight doesn't go to decision, minus 435. One of these guys should go to sleep as, again, Chris, I mean, are we just going to look at people who aren't talking? Come on. I'm gonna. I this. I'm my first time back. I'm a little rusty. Let's you see. are. You are incredibly rusty. Just Joe's trying to check his phone, and I, <laughs> I didn't think the camera was on. Me. I know. I know. I just yeah. busting chops. Um, look, TJ in chat wants to. You know, happy birthday. First of all, you know, I think he's arguing with people how good Roundtree striking is. You know, Roundtree went to Thailand, improved striking, sat down um, Eric Anders three times in that fight. And I get it. You're going to say, okay, it was Eric Anders. Eric Anders is a polished striker. Sure. But neither is Marcin Pracnio, who just plods in. He walked into a Sam Alvey right hand. Two. What the? Two. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Oops, sorry. I forgot. I was on, I was on the Rotowire podcast. Apologies to anybody from Rotowire listening. I won't, I won't drop another one, probably. Um, 
just not high fight IQ, has not been able to maintain consciousness through three UFC fights, hasn't been able to get out of the first round. Roundtree has powered, knocking out guys. You're going to tell me if he, he could knock out Gokan Saki, he can't knock out Mar Marcin Pracnio? Yeah, I don't think so. Give me Roundtree. Love this fight for GPP because if Pracnio does win, it's because he marched forward and something landed, which is a possibility. I just don't think it's a high one. Give me Roundtree. Great GPP fight. Joe, who you got? Yeah, so Roundtree scares me. I mean, there was all that recency bias about, you know, his his Tiger Muay Thai camp and how he dominated Anders. And, you know, every, you know, Joe Rogan is saying everybody should be getting on a plane and going to Thailand. And people gave him a shot against Kutlaba. What did he do? He put up two points against Kutlaba. So I don't know. Like, he, I will say one thing about Roundtree. He's got an extremely hot girlfriend um, who's a UFC fighter. Um who? So he, uh, what's her name? Mercado, um, you know, is Roundtree's oh, girl, round girlfriend. So he's got a really hot girlfriend. So even if he loses, he still has a hot girlfriend, um, which is, you know, you know, better than anything. Um, so I, I'm nervous about this fight in catch. I certainly like it in GPPs. I also don't understand the matchmaking. And, uh, you know, we did alpha. I did the alpha pod a little while ago and John Stargazian, he actually likes, Prochniow here. Um, he thinks if he could get by the first round, that he could kind of level He's the playing field. Never done that ever. I know. I look, uh, you're preaching to the, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Uh, the matchmaking is very curious because one, Prochniow should have been cut. Like after well, yeah. two fights like that, he should have been cut. Joe, Joe, I mean, the matchmaking makes sense in that you're trying to get Roundtree a guy they like a highlight. You know, why though? Know. He's not that popular a fighter. Like, why are you lobbing this guy a softball? I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, yes, Roundtree, GPPs. Um, there, I like. I honestly don't like them as much as in cash as I do for GPPs because I do think there is some risk here. Like, are we going to see the guy that looked really good against Eric Anders or a guy who who has to be against uh, against Kulaba? Like, which 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 Roundtree is going to show up? Um, you know, look. And if I had a girlfriend as hot as him, maybe I wouldn't train either. So, uh, you know, which Roundtree are we going to see here? Um, but yeah, I'll take Roundtree for the win. Chris, who do you have? Do you have Pracnio or the heavily conditioned? I'm sure his cardio is on point. Yeah, Khalil <laughs> Roundtree Jr. Uh, uh, yeah, un unfortunately not, which is the issue. I kind of, I kind of echo everything Joe said. I um, as far as the debate of whether Roundtree is a good striker, he has good uh, kicks. That's about it. His punches are big and loopy and um that's why he gets so tired and as joe said we saw this great um kicking display against sanders and then against uh kutelaba maybe because he he was afraid against taken down getting taken down rather which happened anyway we didn't really see many kicks and we saw the big loopy punches where he just throws himself into them and they didn't land and they probably made him tired and he just got taken down and pound it out because his idea of defending takedowns is still knocking you out before you can get me to the floor. That's what happened in the Daniel Jolly fight, which he won, which is, to my recollection, the only other guy that's actually tried to wrestle him that hasn't won. Um, Ioan Kutalaba, he tried the same thing. It didn't work, and he got knocked out. I don't expect Prachnio to wrestle here, and quite frankly, I don't think he would know how if he tried in that um, – in, the, in that uh, fight against uh, S Slow Mike Rodriguez, Rodriguez literally had double underhooks and 
and Prashnyo was still trying to press into his legs to take him down. Like, uh, you weren't getting anywhere to that takedown, buddy. Um, so I don't know that he knows how to do certain things. And, um, yeah, he can land a big shot. He's still got uh, plenty of fast twitch there. And But I think he's just going to walk straight into something that Roundtree throws. Again, you have to have both sides for the whole deal. Um, but definitely have more Roundtree because he's probably going to win by knockout. I'm gonna turn to turn to chat real quick. Um, Ryan, sorry, the, the Ryan, who need a comment? I'm gonna go through all these. Uh, you can't cuss. Um, not supposed to, but get me on any other stream, and I I have a really terrible mouth. My daughter, I've accidentally taught my daughter a couple words. Um, this dude Joe is funny. Eh, I, I guess so. I think I'm funnier. Whatever. No, no way. <laughs> uh, Non Roundtree is the best bet to score the yes. sixty-second bonus mm -hmm. on the card. Totally agree. If anyone's going to get to the new scoring, uh, that that plus 30, 30 points, I definitely agree with that. And of course, he is Bangkok ready, or or Prachnio on the on the other side of the coin. Uh, I think it'll. I mean, I guess I think Prachnio is more likely later in the round, but yeah, probably the second most. All right, next fight up. Sarah McMahon, 8,200, taking on Juliana Pena at 8,000. Line on this fight, McMahon is minus 130. The comeback on Pena is plus 120. Fight goes to decision, minus 195. That being said, though, I think this fight is probably, I think, the sneakiest one in the mid-range, like the sneakiest one on the card and the best mid-range fight to target. I think we could see... Both these fighters have sneaky good ceilings. Uh, I like Sarah McMahon in this one. McMahon's the better wrestler. Both. What's interesting though, whoever ends up on top is going to win the round and potentially the fight. Both really good on top. I think both of their 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 uh, ground game from the bottom is really poor. But I lean towards McMahon because she should be the better pure wrestler. So McMahon is my play here. The scary thing is McMahon is an expert. And I mean a world-class expert at dominating the first round and quickly losing in the, the start of the second round. It has happened numerous times. It is hilarious how much it happens. So could she puke it up? Yes, I would target both sides of this fight. But for now, skill for skill, I do favor Sarah McMahon, and it hurts my soul to say that. Chris, who you got? Uh, yeah, um, uh Dang, I think this is the first time ever I've gone first in a woman's fight, so thank you for that. I, I see a passing of the torch coming. I'll try to hold on to that. Uh, until, uh, until you say something stupid. Yeah, well, here, get ready for it. Uh, take cover. But, um, but no, actually, I'm going to play it safe and kind of agree with you, which is, I mean, the, both these women are, they fight pretty similarly. They, they don't really strike. They just try to sort of... Uh, like waltz into range and get their hands on you. I would say that McMahon is probably the more confident striker of the two as far as throwing shots with conviction. I think um, if anybody's going to land a hard shot on their way to the clinch, it's probably going to be McMahon. Um, and she did that. Uh, I think it was, I think it was the Renault fight, but also what happened in the Renault fight is um, she just sort of sat there and uh, you know, looked around while she set up a triangle and then choked her out with it. I think Juliana Pena can definitely do that. Um, so I'm scared of her not recognizing these submissions. Um, but then again, like, who knows who Julia uh, Juliana Pena is a better grappler than she these days. She got subbed by Valentina. She got subbed by GDR. So I, I really don't know who the better grappler is. Maybe it's McMahon. I mean, the real reason I think you have to pick McMahon here is, one, the control time. If you look at her stats – 
her control time, even a fight she loses borders on like four and five minutes. So fight she wins. I mean, she could get up to um, Michael Chiesa levels, levels in a three-round fight. That's how much I, – maybe that's a little bit overstating the case, but you know what I mean. But, um, but yeah, I think that um, the fact that they're going to do similar things and Sarah McMahon is probably the stronger uh, person here means that we should pick Sarah McMahon. But, uh, yeah, um, definitely kind of a little iffy on – Every time it's on the ground and she's sitting in the guard, it's going to be a white knuckler moment for me. But uh, but the pick is Sarah McMahon. Joe, Chris, and I have gone first. We are women's MMA Padawan. Have do we have this one correct? By the way, I actually I we didn't do a video, but I was so high on uh, Fierot, the French fighter, on Wednesday. I really thought she was going to smash. I I had her inside the distance. I had her in. 14 of 20 lineups that I played on DraftKings. I was that sure. Now, I am not that certain here, but I really do like McMahon quite a bit. I think this is not a great matchup for Pena. She can be taken down. Um, and I think the new scoring system, uh, McMahon is one of the fighters on this slate, one of the that will really benefit from this new scoring system because she typically does not throw up subs, but she gets takedowns and she gets control time. So that's not, and she's not a very prolific striker. So I could certainly see her laying and praying on on Pena and maybe getting three takedowns, maybe getting four or five takedowns. Um, it makes me nervous because she is like 40 years old, but she's got an Olympic wrestling pedigree. I, I don't know about you guys, but I've never seen McMahon not in shape for a fight. Like she, the girl is just, she's got muscles on muscles. Um, you know, and I, I, I hear she's coaching now. So she's even when she's not training, she's in shape as a coach. So I I like McMahon here. I think she's a really sneaky play in GPPs. I like her in cash, but I think she's a sneaky play in GPPs, and I think she may be underowned um, as well. So um, give me Sarah McMahon. All right, next fight up. We're going to talk about the guy I always love to talk about, and you have to rein me in, Antonio Carlos Jr. He is the underdog, 7,500. Brad Tavares at 8,700 is the favorite line on this fight, though it is closed. It's damn near a pick em. Uh, Right now, uh, five dimes Tavares is minus 115, ACJ plus 105. So Carlos Jr. is going to be chalk. It's chalk I'm going to eat. I think he's got more, obviously has more power, way better grappler. Tavares is old, I think slowing down. Does have the striking, technical striking advantage, but he has to do that for three rounds. And then I don't think he scores well. So regardless, even if you think Tavares wins, I don't see a big path to a lot of points here. I think ACJ has all the upside. I think he gets done. I do think he'll be chalk. Play him in cash games. It's just He's probably one of the first your first people in cash games. And there's a lot of upside there for GPP as well. Uh, this fight is... I think this is a Joe fight. Joe, you're right. Joe. Yeah, so I agree. Unfortunately, some of the lower lower tier value um, has been, you know, has gone bye-bye due to these fights being restructured. Um, Carlos Jr. is likely going to be the most popular play um, in that price point. Uh, I would not be surprised if he has 40% or so ownership. Um, all the poker kids are going to use Carlos Jr., He's really a tale of two rounds, this guy. Like, I've seen him look so dominant in rounds, and then the next he, – he's a heavy-muscled fighter, and I, I see him gas out quite frequently. You know, I don't see him as having the best cardio. 
here's a guy that's fought in all different weight classes. Like he's fought as high as heavyweight. Um, you know, so I, I think he's definitely got a path to victory here. And I think he's really live as a dog. I think both of these fighters, both Tavares and uh and and Carlos Jr. need a win here. I, I could certainly see this as a loser go home type of fight. I mean, you know, believe it or not, I honestly like Tavares when he fought Israel Adesanya and then heard he like, you know, took that fight hurt because he needed a payday and he, you know, was injured. And I use that as narrative to play him in his next fight against Shabazian where he got kind of lit up. So, you know, he has not looked good recently. He's what, mid thirties. Um, you know, he's got a pretty decent contract. So I could certainly see him really going all out to win here. And on the other side, I think a lot of the shine is worn off of Carlos Jr. So I see this as potentially a loser go home fight. I think the 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 value play, believe it or not, um, is actually going to be on Tavares because I think he's going to be really underowned um, in GPPs. I think everybody and their mother is going to be on Antonio Carlos Jr. So I might have a lineup or two with Tavares just because I don't see him getting ownership. Fair enough. Um, I'll be on the, on the other side all by myself. Actually, with with thousands of friends. With, with thousands of yeah. friends. I agree. I, I can't dispute that. Chris, who you got? Yeah, um, I, I kind of agree with Joe. I think that... But of course um, you do. Of course you well, don't think like the rest of us. Well, I know, but I, I agree with you the last one. But you're right. I, I can't go with the chalk ever. So, um, no, the real issue for me is that... Um, Brad Tavares doesn't really get taken down, and uh, uh, Carlos Jr. is a like dedicated wrestler. But as Joe said, um, there's diminishing returns in that where he gets tired in rounds. It must be said that um, he was able to even a tired Carlos Jr. was able to take Uriah Hall's back in round three. He couldn't sub him, but um, but the damage had already been done at that point. But I, I agree that. Uh, Tavares probably doesn't score that well just because he doesn't knock anybody out in general. And as you said, um, Carlos Jr. is tough. So the play here just might be fading uh, Carlos Jr. and and uh, taking another uh, player in that spot because I, I, I just I just don't see um, look if if he takes if he takes uh, if he takes Brad Tavares down with regularity, he'll be the first one to do it. Um, and Brad Tavares never been subbed before. Only two of ACJ's wins have come by decision. So all of that to me spells out um, burnt chalk in this spot. And uh, that's what I will be working with. And uh, I, I think that's it. So the play, the play is not Carlos Jr. for this one. Let's say that. All right, next fight up. Here we go. We got the story. And it's funny that the he, both salaries are about the same. So it's... You know, the odds are different, but the salaries on DK are you know matched up where, about where they should be in terms of opposite of each other. It's Armin Sarukian. He's eighty nine hundred, taking on Matt the Steamroller Frivola at seventy four hundred. Sarukian was supposed to fight Najrat Hakparast, correct? First fight was was Hakparast. Yeah. Hakparast got sick, could not weigh in. Matt Frivola was supposed to fight Atman Azatar, who is a spoiled little rich punk. Um, seriously, he's a little rich kid, no rules. And if you don't know the story, people on his team or friends or whoever, um, for his team, cut off their wristbands to be in the UFC bubble, somehow got them to other friends who were outside of the bubble, snuck them in, 
shimmied across the balcony, dropped off a bag, and tried to leave the bubble. Don't know what was in the bag yet. I'd be really interested if it was rehydrating IVs or Mexican supplements or, or whatever it may be. But either way, you jeopardize all of Fight Island. Everything we love. Like, if there's an outbreak on Fight Island, we're, it's done. There's no more MMA. You've ruined careers, jobs, you know, not to mention all of us who, who love MMA and, and this has helped us through quarantine. It is selfish. It is irresponsible. And thankfully, Dana White and the UFC have cut him. I don't care about his, his you know, potential as a fighter. I never want to see him again, ever. He was not going to be a UFC champion. He could have put, he could put on some, some exciting fights. He knocked out Kama Worthy last time out. Don't care. See you later. Go fight and bare knuckle and hopefully it's three on one against him. Anyway, now we can talk about this. You can fight. go to Can Soda. Uh, they'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Sarukian's 8,900. The line on this new fight is bananas. It's now, wow, it's up to minus 900. Comeback on for Vola is plus 545. Look, there's there's value here on for Vola. I know Sarukian, the guy who, who uh, you know, drug out a fight against Islam Makashev. Um, wins over Davi Hamosh and Olivia Abba Marseille. Get it. He should be favored here. But minus 900, Frivola has wrestling and he hits like a truck. Like he's live in this fight and Sarukian hasn't been putting people away. So I'm not sure he's going to be popular because of those the odds value. I'm not sure how, how massively he scores. I think, I think Frivola is the more interesting GPP play. But man, it's 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 hard to not roster Sarukian in cash just because of those odds. By the way, the fight does not fight goes to decision prop is minus one sixty, so you can also get three rounds out of Frivola at seventy four hundred. It's just the odds you got to worry about. So I'm taking Sarukian, but I'm going to heavily debate getting some Frivola exposure here. Uh, this fight, I, I went on such a rampage on this one. It's Chris, start us off. That's all right. Uh, I love the passion. I, I, I also um, I want to propose uh, pose a question to the group. Do, do, does the odd value matter here? Because it's not like he's a true minus six hundred or whatever it is. No, but a little bit because at this at this, if you were to price them, he should you'd be ninety four ninety five hundred. If yeah, the odds maybe. were, you know, if DK had the odds before they were pricing the, pricing them, so you're getting a yeah. five hundred dollar discount. All right, fair enough. Um, I was gonna pick. Azaitar um, to knock out Frivola, and now I think I'm going to pick uh, Sarukian to knock out Frivola, just because Frivola likes to get hit hard. That's just what the guy likes to do. I don't he think got, he likes it, Chris. Well, I don't think, I don't think he's like, oh, he likes to get hit hard. I, I well, love that. He like it. it happens often <laughs> enough. I mean, uh, we know, of course, Polo Reyes did it, knocked him out. Um, Lando Venata knocked him down with a head kick. Uh if Luis Pena was a better finisher, he would have absolutely finished him uh, with the flying knee. I don't think there was a, a, a finish scare in the Jalen Turner fight, um, but he also wrestled more in that one than he had in the others, uh, which he should do here. Might not make a difference. Uh, Sarukian's a really good defensive grappler. He's shown that, and he, he really came into his own. I know that uh, Davi Hamosh is uh, – I know that Davi Hamosh is not – you know, the best striker in the world, but I really feel like he came to his own in that fight. He was really mixing things up really well. He was quick in there. He was throwing combinations. He was hitting counters. And Matt Vola leaves himself wide open. 
I think if Sarukian is going to get a stoppage, his first UFC stoppage, it's going to come here. I don't trust Matt Frivola to wrestle um, before getting into a firefight. I think he always likes to do that first. Um, I think he's going to try to do it here. Have Frivola because I don't think he's going to be – well, I mean, he might be kind of owned because people know him for uh, knockout power or brawls or fun fights. But um, – I think I think um, yeah. I don't uh, I don't see much for Favola here outside of the puncher's chance. I don't expect him to be a control grappler of, of Sarukian for three rounds certainly. So that means a lot of this fight's going to take place on the feet, and I think that Sarukian wins there. So give me Sarukian. Joe. Yeah. So I look. I liked Frivola. Um I created so far three lineups and prior to the the change of fights i had frivola in all three um i'm gonna change those lineups but um i i still think in a certain sense he's live especially at that price point especially with you know half rest out and you know actually i liked him a little in this matchup um i do think he's live he generally has good cardio um and you know sarukian is not a finisher that's what really worries worries me about this fight I mean, he's not a finisher. So, you know, is he going to be on optimal? Like, what are you going to get? What's enough? Like, what do you need? Um, minus 700 is crazy. Um, is it that much? I mean, minus I, I, 900, I, by the way. 900. What was, what was Frivola um, against, his, uh, against his prior opponent? Like, uh, he was going to be uh, – they, they got rid of it on best fight odds. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious what he was there because – you know, I don't think that the difference is as great as as it as it is right now. I mean, I you know, like everybody is betting this guy. Look, he looked good and lost against Islam Makashev. Um, he had two decent wins by decision, but he doesn't seem to be a finisher. So if he's not going to be a finisher, is there really value at his price point? I'm going to pick him the win here. I think he's a talented fighter. I think he's a talented grappler. Um, you know, I think um, he surprised Islam Makashev. At how good he was in that fight. And this guy's really young. I think he's what, 24, 25. Um, so I do like him, but uh, I would say just say be very cautious, um, you know, of completely fading Frivoli here because he, he hits reasonably hard and he's got good cardio. So who knows? I'll, I won't, I'm not going to have as much exposure to Frivola as I would have um, if he was still fighting his original opponent. Um, but I will, I'll, I don't know if I'm going to have that much higher ownership of of, you know, Tarzakian, but we'll see. Um, give me Tarzakian for the win, but I don't know that he's a great DraftKings play at his price point. Next fight up, Amanda Hibas, 9,200, taking on Marina Rodriguez at 7,000. A line on this fight, Amanda Hibas is minus 315. Comeback on Rodriguez, plus 285. Fight goes to decision, minus 175. A little bit of... I think hype baked into Amanda Hibas's line. Marina Rodriguez is no joke. Going to be the better striker. It's Hibas is the better grappler. Probably a little quicker. Can Rodriguez keep it on the feet and piece her up? I'm on the Hibas side, but man, the hype has been busting the last couple of weeks. Joe, who you got? Uh, I, I I don't think this is a great matchup for um, you know for Rodriguez. Uh, you know the I talked about this and I talked about how. You know, the analogy I use is they ask a scout um, if the, the batter is, if he's a great hitter. 
And the scout says, yeah, he's great at hitting fastballs when he's ahead in the count, right? That That is how I would describe Rodriguez, right? If she's got a fighter that's smaller than her, that's not going to try to take her down, she looks like a world beater. But like put her up against someone that, you know, is as strong, if not stronger than her, that can take her down and her game falls to crap. So I don't think this is a great matchup for her. I, I believe that Rebus did this camp at American Top Team. Despite what she said in her interviews, like, oh, yeah, I want to really test my striking out. If she's got ATT in the corner, they're not going to let her do that. They, they kind of rein their fighters in. Um, they'll give her a good game plan. I really do like Rebus here. I don't think it's a great bet at those odds. And I'm not sure what she's going to score on DraftKings. But I do think given her ability to wrestle and take down Rodriguez, who, again, you know, there's there's a joke here somewhere about her not being able to get off her back. But I, you know, I, I think she can definitely earn some control time, definitely get some takedowns. It would not surprise me if she score, scored higher than Tarsaki, Tarsakian. Chris, who you got? Uh, yeah, this is uh, – I did an unnecessary step there. But this is uh, a fight where I kind of I kind of like Rodriguez a little bit. I'm not picking her, but um, – she showed a nice active guard in the, in the uh, Sparza fight, and I like that in fights like this. I, I think on the feet, I, I don't like how heavy she stands on, on her lead leg because I think Hibosh is going to be um, the more athletic fighter in there, and she's going to use those leg kicks. But, um, you know, I, I definitely like the fact that Rodriguez has an active guard, and I, and I like that uh, she's coming in here with the three inches of height. I think that's going to – Pay dividends if if uh, Rodriguez has to or uh, sorry Hibas has to work her way inside. I think it's an interesting uh, interesting fight. I'll have some shares of Rodriguez. I think that uh, Hibas might get enough takedowns to and control time to uh, become a cash play. Uh, I don't really see her for GPPs, but again, if um, Rodriguez starts to make her uncomfortable from the bottom. Um, that can that can all change. So the pick is Shibosh, but uh, I'm I'm keeping a closer eye on Rodriguez than Joe certainly. Next fight up, Mahmoud Muradov, eighty six hundred, taking on Andrew Sanchez at seventy six hundred. Uh, line on this fight, Muradov is minus one fifty, Sanchez plus one forty. Fight goes to decision, minus one twenty five. Look, Sanchez coming up the best performance of his career uh, last time out looked really good against Wellington Terman. Um, but I don't think Wellington Terman is that great, quite honestly. Mahmoud Muradov, I think, is going to be better uh, at range. Stronger than Andrew Sanchez. Sanchez is going to need to get this fight to the ground, and when he's done that in the past, he's gassed out. I think Muradov wins but doesn't score great. Um, Chris, who you got? Yeah, this fight is uh, is not properly lying to me. I, I, I think Muradov should probably be in the 200 range somewhere. Um, Andrew Sanchez, look, yeah, yeah, he had a good performance against Wang Determine. He threw the same one-two combination uh, three times in a row and hit him all three times because Wang Determine doesn't move his head. Um, by contrast here, Muradov is really a- athletic in there, mo- always moving around, always has a good control of range and distance, and is just going to probably run circles around uh, Andrew Sanchez, popping him with the jab. Um, throwing his combinations out there. And as far as the wrestling goes, uh, Andrew Sanchez, two for 17 in his last four fights. Uh, 
with takedowns, four or six, I forget. But either way, two for his last 17 in takedowns. Um, I, I don't think – I don't know what the issue is. I, I don't know if he's not putting enough um, oomph behind them because, as you said, Sean, he does get tired. But uh, his wrestling has not been up, up to par lately. We saw uh, Muradov have a little bit of success stuff and takedowns from Alessio DiCirico, who honestly has been the more successful wrestler of the two of late. So, um, yeah, I, I just don't see a lot of paths for, for Andrew Sanchez here. I, I, I don't know how he wins. So it's, it's, it's a uh, question of how much Muradov scores. And um, if we're going to see Andrew Sanchez, uh, the boxer again, who just wants to stand up with him, I think that he can sort of get a late uh, volume uh, third round stoppage maybe. But, uh, and that could lead to some points. But otherwise, yeah, more of a cash play than anything. Joe, who you got? Yeah, so I actually, when I first looked at this, thought that, you know, Sanchez had a chance. I've kind of swung pretty much full pendulum here. Um, so people that I really respect, like um, like um, Muradov, like him a lot. Um, you know, so it's kind of swung me over. I, I still, you know, to Chris's point, I still think if, you know, Sanchez hits surprisingly hard, and if he's still around in the third round, he could certainly catch catch him with something, you know. So I I will have a few shares of Sanchez. I don't know. Also, don't understand why his takedowns aren't more successful. He's got a decent wrestling pedigree, um, but you know I'm gonna pick Mur- Muradov. I why can't I say that name? I'm gonna pick him to win here. Um, but I would have a few shares of Sanchez. Not a horrible fight to target because of the price points. Um, I you know again I'm not sure how it's going to score unless we get a finish. But, um, you know, give me the favorite here. Joe, that was really nice of you. I respect you a lot, too. Thank you. Thank so you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome, Chris. Anyway, Joanne Calderwood, 8,400, taking on Jessica I at 7,800. A line on this fight. Calderwood minus 117, I plus 107. I think there's some odds value here because Joanne Calderwood, it should be better than pick him against Jessica I. Jessica I sucks. Um, look, I know she lost against Jennifer Maya, but Jennifer Maya had a really good performance against Valentina Shevchenko. I think we all might have been sleeping on Jennifer Maya a little bit. Um, you know, Calderwood's beat is you know beating Ariana Lipsky, beat KGB Lee. I thought she looked really good in her fight against Caitlin Chukagian. I think she won that fight. Actually, I think personally, if I remember when I watched it back, I thought she should have got the decision there. Um, Jessica, I just. Uh, lost to Cynthia Calvillo. You know, she's beaten, you know, she had a decent fight last time out against um, Arahujo. But look, Calderwood to me is more dangerous on the feet. I think she's um, more dangerous on the ground. I don't think just guys going to be able to hold her there. I think this fight plays out at range. And I just think Joanne Calderwood's better there. Um, so odd, this is a mid range price fight. I don't think it scores great, but I think Calderwood should have some higher odds to win. Joe, am I crazy? Um, no, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I I also agree. I mean, again, I, I said this, and I apologize for those who watched uh, Alpha and are hearing some of my same takes here, but like I also did not like this fight as a fight to score well on DraftKings. You know, Brett Apley had a different opinion. He thought that, you know, Calderwood could perhaps put up a good score um, in a win. I don't know if that's true. Um, I've never been a Jessica I fan. Um, you know, she's not a great DraftKings player. Um, you know, I, I just think she's kind of like a mid-tier 
UFC fighter. And, you know, JoJo has had good performances and then she's had performances where, you know, she doesn't show up. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll take JoJo to win here. And I think that this is one of those fights that where you'll hear me say it a couple, usually a couple of times on a slate, this is a better fight to bet than a, than for DraftKings. I, I do like JoJo. I like her as a bet. Um, not so much on DraftKings. I don't think this fight as a whole score, which could make it an interesting fight to play from a contrarian perspective. And again, Brett Apley does think JoJo has the ability. She does has landed, you know, north of 100 significant strikes in some of her fights, so she can score. Um, you have to go really far back to see her, you know, the big numbers that she really put up, but she can cert she's certainly capable of scoring 90 um, in a win if she, if she lands a lot of strikes. So I'll take JoJo. Um, I probably won't have a lot of uh, Jessica I on DraftKings. I will have a few shares of JoJo in case she does have one of those stellar performances where, you know, she just lands a ton of strikes and can put up a big number. All right. Um, oh, no, that, I mean, I guess we got to hear Chris's opinion on a female fight. We got. Yeah. Well, especially um, since um, God help me, but. Uh, oh, she's so bad. Don't do it. I'm going with the evil eye on this one. Uh, Here we go, evil. Here we go, evil. Um, look, I, it's not. It's not just that Jennifer Meyer Meyer beat her. It's the way Jennifer Meyer beat her. Um, before uh, getting her in the sub from the bottom, um, she basically just um, planted herself in range and threw combinations at her, and and JoJo just didn't move her head and. She she resorted resorted to that takedown because she was getting lit up, and I think I can do that. If 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 Calderwood is just gonna stand at range and not move her head, and I is gonna push forward and and get out of kicking range and, and get in close, then she can land the same shots. Ironically, I would be more concerned about Calderwood uh, using her wrestling game here. To I because I don't think that I can do much off of her back. But um, as far as the striking goes, I think I mean if if that fight hadn't happened, I, I would be picking um, I would be picking Calderwood 100. percent But since the only thing Jessica I wants to do is box, and that was really getting JoJo lit up, I have to pick I have to pick Jessica I, and I, I, I'm not happy about it, but. It's a thing that's happening. Jessica. Wow. All right. Let's, let's watch the taste of my mouth and, and talk about uh, the co-main event. Dan Hooker, 8,500, taking on Michael Chandler at 7,700. Line on this fight. Uh, Hooker minus 140. Chandler plus 130. Fight goes to – fight doesn't go to decision. Minus 125. Maybe this is my controversial opinion for this fight. I don't think this fight scores particularly well. I think you get two guys striking at range. I think Dan Hooker, I think, is a little bit better. I think Hooker is the one more likely to get a KO here. We saw, you know, we just saw a featherweight knockout Michael Chandler. Don't forget Pitbull, you know, knocked him out. Dan Hooker, durable, clean striker at range. If there's no finish, it won't score well. And I think Hooker's more likely to get the finish is in a little is a little cleaner on the feet. So give me Dan Hooker. I don't know how controversial it is to say. I won't have a ton of this fight. Whereas I think with the name value, I think this fight goes overrun by the public, especially on a Connor card. Chris, who you have? Yeah. Well, as I said in the open, this is a really close fight to me. Um, I could see, you know, a lot. We know that uh, Chandler struggles, uh, can struggle with 
length and has struggled with leg kicks, but also Dan Hooker kind of just lets his opponents pressure him. And so I think Chandler is going to be able to get inside and throw his flurries and mix in his wrestling. Uh, we're going to have to see how Dan Hooker holds up with the wrestling. His, his wrestling defense is held up to this point. Chandler's going to be the best wrestler he's faced. So let's see how that holds. Um, as far as how the fight's going to score, I think he could score well just because I think that, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of forced action here. I think Chandler's going to force a lot of action. And that's I think that could lead to a stoppage for either one of them. So I will be uh, – I, I, I will not share Sean's opinion. I will have uh, a lot of this fight in uh, on DK and elsewhere. And I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, strengths and weaknesses for both. I, uh, I think there's some unanswered questions here that we need to get the answers to, and we, we won't really know till they're in the fight. But um, my slight lean is going to go to Hooker just because that range to me and the straight punches of, of Hooker I, I think are going to be an issue and uh, the leg kick as well. So I'll give a slight lean to Dan Hooker, but uh, exciting fight, and I'm looking forward to it. Joe, who you got? Yeah, I'm so excited because now it's time for my Will Brooks reference. Um, I don't think a whole, I don't think a whole lot of the competition that Chandler fought uh, in Bellator. And if you guys remember how hyped up Will Brooks was when he got signed by the UFC, um, got subbed by Nick Lenz. Um, you know, had a cup of coffee in PFL. I think he won maybe a fight or two over there, but his entire UFC career is a bust. I'm not saying that Chandler's career is going to be a bust. I think this is an extremely tough test for him. Um, he's not a great striker. He's a little chinny. Um, his wrestling is good, but he's not, I don't think against great competition, it's going to hold up. Um, he's very athletic. I get that. But um, I just think this is way, like, to me, minus 143 uh, on Hooker, just sign me up all day. Um, I'll take that. I like him for a bet. Um, I'm definitely going to be betting him. Um, you know, I I don't know what more I could say. I like Hooker a lot here. I'll be underweight to Chandler. Um, you know, lightning, you know, sun, the sun even shines on the back of a dog's ass on occasion. So I'll have a lineup or two of, of you know, of Chandler, but I like Hooker a fair amount here. All right. It is main event time. The notorious Conor McGregor's 9,100. The comeback on Dustin the Diamond Poirier is 7,100. A line on this fight, minus 300 for McGregor, plus 270 for Poirier. Fight doesn't go to decision, minus 425. They met once before. McGregor knocked out Poirier in the first round. They are two way different fighters since then. Different weight classes, etc. Look, I still have Connor. Uh, I think Poirier is live. The later this fight goes, the better he could look. McGregor did look in good shape, but you know we've seen Poirier's toughness. I I do agree. I know it's been out everywhere, so it's not an original thought. But it, I don't know if you guys saw um, Ariel Ariel and DC with DC saying that Connor or Ariel saying I should say that Connor doesn't get enough credit for how good he is just based on all the hype around him. And I totally agree with that. Connor McGregor, for as much as you know, the attitude and the shtick, love it or hate it, gets attention, makes money. He is a really, really good mixed martial artist. Incredible striking, crazy power in that left hand. I think he gets it done again. Poirier is live, but I think Poirier is going to be over-owned because of the name in the main event. I think McGregor is actually the better play here. As chalky as he's going to be, they'll both be chalky. 
I have I will have much more Conor McGregor. Joe, who do you have? So it really pains me because I am not a I'm not a I'm the furthest thing from a McGregor fanboy. Same by the way. Same. Yeah. Um it pains me. I honestly believe that um uh Dustin Poirier is just renting his head and that Connor owns it. I think Connor is so in his head right now. If you watch some of the interviews, I mean Poirier came across as a little nervous. He does have a smoking hot wife. I don't know if you guys saw that that instead photo posted on uh on Twitter. His wife is smoking hot. So again, at least when he's all battered and bruised and you know mourning his his loss, he's gonna get a nice little payday. He's gonna get some pay-per-view points, and he's got a smoking hot wife to go home to. So he's at least the, the, the things that catch your eye are phenomenal. Well, he's a winner there. Um, I, I honestly, I just, I don't even think like, I, I don't want to necessarily bet minus 300. I don't really want to bet minus 200 unless I'm going to throw it in a parlay, which is Connor inside the distance. I do think that this fight will end inside the distance. I'm not sure what the overall inside the distance line on this, Sean, is. Do you have it? Like fight won't go to distance. It was like minus 400. Yeah, that's, a, that's high as well. Um, you know, maybe play around with a Connor in round one, Connor in round two. I just don't think there's a lot of value there. I will tell you guys this though, and everybody should take advantage of this because it's not just for new players. DK is essentially giving away money by giving you plus 100 on Connor at, with a $25 limit. So if you want to make 25 free dollars, you know, go to, and I'm not a shill. I don't get anything for, I like. I happen to like DraftKings Sportsbook a lot, but like, you know, to give you plus money on Conor McGregor, like you're not going to, you know, you don't see that. So take advantage of the 25 free dollars and go to DraftKings and, you know, bet bet on Conor and, and opt in, opt in and take the 25 free dollars. Chris, who you got for the minute? Yeah. Um, so we're all in agreement on one thing in that uh, we hate Conor McGregor and he sucks, but I'm also picking him. I, I think that um, – Look, his length and the straight punches, I think, are going to be a problem for Poirier. I think Poirier's defense has gotten better. I don't. I don't. I think he sees strikes a lot more clearly now, but I still think he wades in a little bit too carelessly, and I think that's going to get him clipped. the the um, The thing that you always have to have to be nervous about with McGregor is um, it's always an extended layoff. Uh, this is a year before that. It was two years. So who knows what kind of – I mean, forget about shape. He could be in the best shape of his life. Um, uh, Dustin Poirier is in fight shape. Dustin Poirier has been fighting some of the best in the division. And Conor McGregor had, what, a 30-second win over a, a ob- objectively unmotivated uh, or unable to find the motivation, however you want to put it, uh, Cowboy Cerrone. The other thing I would say is um, – like Connor seems to be looking for quick finishes now, whereas before they would just come. I mean, he tried to throw the big knee to intercept Khabib rather than uh, uh, do takedown defense. He literally threw himself into Cowboy uh, at the beginning of that fight. So that tells me that I think even he knows the gas tank is a problem now. Even he's worried about that. So if that's the case, and it's even in his head now, that I think uh, – the, the the middle of the second round, if it gets there, could really be a cliff now, um, especially if he hasn't been back into the ring. He hasn't been getting, you know, rounds in with actual fighters. I really think it can be an issue. So if Poirier hangs on 
and I'm crossing my fingers that he does, I think he can um, really ma make this a fight and probably take it over in uh, starting end of round two. But I think Connor gets to him before that because um, it just seems to me that like the straight punches of Hooker uh, were, were really lighting him up. And I think Connor can do the same thing. So the pick is Connor McGregor. The hope is Dustin Poirier. And um, I think, you know, both sides of the fight, of course. All right, guys, it's time for hot takes. If you're new to the show, type in a hot take in chat. I will read a couple out. Um, do you guys, anybody have a hot take? Yeah, I'm going to give you my hot take first because I may need, I may, um, I'm running up against it. And I may need to uh, cut out. So my hot take is this. Uh, two female fighters, two female fighters will be on the optimal lineup. Hmm. Like it. Uh, I like Sarah McMahon quite a bit too. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you got one? Yeah, I'll say just for the fun of it that uh, Brad Tavares stops Antonio Carlos Jr. with strikes. And just to get see out. Sean get paid. Get, get out of here. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah. Get wow. that junk out of here. Um, wow. Hot take. Joanne Calder would finish with Jessica I. All right. I wonder what's the uh, what's the play yeah. there? No, I'll look it up. Non's hot take is Jessica I inside the distance. Yeah. Oh, thanks, buddy. No Here thanks, we buddy. go, evil. Here we go. Uh, Calderwood, by, what I would bet, Calderwood by TKO KO is plus 675. Woo. Wow. Yeah. Calderwood inside the distance plus 450. I inside the distance plus 600. Anybody else got any uh, new, I think, new name here? Orion Pena I Hooker Connor as a parlay. Pena? I don't like I. I just thought you guys Jessica I. I'm what, telling you, join the happening? team. It's, it's what, gonna, what, it's gonna I don't like Pena either, but that's it's a hot take parlay, I suppose. You got a couple couple dogs in there. Right, I'm guys. playing I'm playing McMahon, Hooker, and uh Connor, and that pays three to one. Mm. I like that parlay. See? Yeah. We're on the same page. All right, I don't see any more I don't see anything else in there. So let me tell you, make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10 day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Please like this video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow all of us on Twitter. Our screen names are right there. Please give us a follow. Appreciate all that. Appreciate all of you guys. Good luck in your contests. See you next pay-per-view. Peace. Thanks everybody. Peace.